people did not clap in their services and worship the way you just did. But I had been in the theater. I was a tap dancer when I was young. If you watch my movements when I walk, you can tell I know something about something because I don't have wasted movement. And I can still do it. But I've told you that to say this. I had seen some of the greatest performances that human eyes could ever see in the theater. I've seen people clap, shout, drop purses, throw things. I've seen all kinds of great performances. But the greatest performance that human eyes could ever witness was a man called Jesus dying on a cross for the likes of you and me. And there was no one there to applaud. So I made up my mind every service I went to, I would have the people stand and give him a standing ovation for what he has done for the likes of us. So I may be behind all this clapping. I hope I am, but I still keep doing it. So let's give the Lord a standing ovation for what he has done for the likes of us in this Wonderful. I want to reread in your hearing here today from the last chapter of the Gospel of Mark, verses 17 and 18. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Say, That's me. In my name they shall cast out devils. Say, I have that power. They shall speak with new tongues. Say, I do it every day. And I really think we should. They shall take up serpents, and that means accidentally. (laughs) And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. People, do you understand what an incredible insurance policy, as believers, we are covered with? Amazing, the promises of God toward us. They, believers, shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover Say, I have that power. Say, I am a believer. Let's pray one more time before you are seated. Lord Jesus, right now, by the authority of the word of God, by the power of the name of Jesus, cause like the illumination of revelation to strike the hearts of the people, O God, here today, as to who they really are in Jesus I worship you, God, by the authority of the word of God, by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear us, O master of the universe. We will not fail to give you praise, glory, and honor. We ask these things in the matchless, resplendent, O powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen.
Lord bless you. You may be seated. I woke up very early this morning and I felt the Lord tell me to tell this to you people. The reason I feel that that is true where you people are concerned is because I repeat myself. There is unlimited potential in this room here today. Where Jesus is, anything can happen. Have you read the Bible, how that Jesus raised the dead? Do you believe that? Do you read about the miracles in the Bible that Jesus did? Do you believe that? Jesus said, what I do, you will do also. If you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you have Jesus inside of you. If you're a believer, you have the power of a believer in your life. I was not raised in this. I was a Baptist when I was a little boy. I was in evangelical free church as a late teenager in the early 20s. And as I told you before, I was in Campus Crusade, Youth for Christ, all those things. And I even went to Billy Graham Crusades and took a youth group to Billy Graham Crusade. And I was a counselor in all that type of thing. And then I met you people, and you had the audacity to tell me I wasn't saved. I didn't like it. I fought it because I was very happy where I was. But you people made sense. I understood as a believer, believing doesn't save you. The devil believes. He's not saved. Obedience to the doctrine is what saves you. That's why Jesus said, repent in his word. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I had never heard that message before. All I knew was believe, accept Christ as your own personal Savior. That's crazy. You don't accept Christ. He accepts you. You can't even come to him unless he draws you. So if you can feel God here today, you ought to be shouting the victory because that means God is calling you. That's exactly what it means. Clap your hands for just a moment. Jesus, you are calling us in this place today, reaching out for us in the name of Jesus. So in the end result, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, was baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, God just did wonderful things for me. And I became not just a think-so, but a no-so believer. I had an actual Bible experience that was exactly like they had in the beginning. So I was excited to be literally, truly born again of the Spirit. So I was really excited, and I, at those, in those days, I worked for a trucking company, Rock Island Motor Transit Company. And um, I would come home from work, and I would just swallow my dinner whole, and I would get down on the floor, and I would cry and pray and speak with tongues. I would do that for two or three hours every night. I would pray and speak with tongues and worship God and intercede. You can't do that and not attract the presence of God. So I did that for, I don't know, weeks. One night, I went to bed, and I had prayed, worshiped God like that. At about 2 o'clock in the morning, I had a dream. In this dream, I saw myself in the middle of a football field preaching to thousands of people. 
it was so real that I, 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 when I woke up, I was sitting up in the middle of my bed speaking with tongues. I knew that dream had come from God. But I didn't tell it because I knew that people would think, ah, he's just a new convert and he's all excited and that. So I didn't tell anyone. I just kept it hidden in my heart. I went off to Bible school, graduated from school, and uh, I'm a believer, and I've just always been praying for people, and they were healed, etc., as I've already stated. But time came and went, as it does. Thirty years later, I was in a school of missions at headquarters, working with incoming and outgoing missionaries, talking to them about the things I've talked to you about here. And... Um, it was a great move of God. Brother and Sister Carpenter from Fiji were there, the Fiji Islands. And they came to me and they said, Brother Stone King, would you come to Fiji and would you preach this message there? Well, for a couple of years, I couldn't go. My schedule, I just couldn't do it. Finally, I w it was arranged. I could go and I went. So I flew to Fiji Islands. I flew to Nandi. And um, Brother Car Carver picked me up, and, and when I got there, it started to rain. And um, by the time we got to the hotel where I was staying, it was just pouring down rain. So I began to pray, God, stop the rain, stop the rain. Well, because Brother Carver had told me, he said, Brother Stone King, there are so many people coming to this meeting there's not a building in Nandi big enough to house the crowd. We've had to rent a football field. But it didn't click. It didn't, I didn't, it just didn't click. I said, well, how are we going to have revival in the middle of a football field with all this mud? He said, I don't know. I said, I said well, they had a singspiration the first night. So I thought, well, I'll go to the singspiration just to get the field of the place. So we went to the football field. And um, we had this inspiration. And uh, I said to Brother Carver, I said, uh, you know what? I work with the gift of faith, so I won't worry about coming out in the middle of this field uh, in that little hut they'd built out there in platform with all the mud. I'll just stay in among the people in the grandstand, and I work with the gift of faith, and I'll preach among the people, just walk among them and preach. And uh, we'll have a move of God. He said, fine. Well, then the next night was the first night of the, of the meeting. And the place was, I mean, it was amazing, the people that were there. But the rain had stopped, and, uh, but it was still muddy. And Brother Carver went out in the middle, and uh, well, all the people could see him, and was conducting the service. And then he told them, he said, I want Reverend Stonkey to come out here. I want you to meet him. So I walked all the way out there. And when I once got out there, I thought, well, he introduced me, and they were very kind, etc. And I thought, well, as long as I'm here, I might as well just stay here and preach. So I stayed in the middle of the football field and preached. And the Spirit of God fell. We had a move of God that night. It was amazing. When I gave the altar call on that Sunday morning, I preached a simple message about 20 minutes long about what it means to be born again. When I gave the invitation, 
people came pouring out of those grandstands in that football field, rushing toward me. The dream came back. It was exactly as I had seen it in that dream. In less than 30 minutes, over 460-some people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in the tongue, just like that, just like that. What happened was, I didn't know this, but they had been in a drought. It had not rained there for weeks and weeks and weeks. They were fearful that the cattle would die in the fields, that the sugar cane would dry up and be, and be destroyed. So they were beginning to ration the water. They were fearful of an epidemic. But the moment my plane landed in Nandy, the rain began to lightly sprinkle. By the time we got to the hotel, I reiterate, it was pouring down rain. So the news spread through the whole island that this American evangelist had brought the blessings of God to the nation. And people poured out of those villages. They came from everywhere. They came from everywhere. Just like in the book of Acts. I mean, they came from everywhere. Because we are a book of Acts people. We are a book of Acts people. It was amazing. They had my picture plastered on every telephone pole. Every You can't. They had my picture everywhere. So no matter where I went, people knew who I was. We had an incredible move of God. The next year, I was asked to come to, I think it was Guatemala. And um, so I went. I only had Friday night and, and Saturday morning. That's all the time I could give them. But I went there for an annual crusade. Again, it was in the middle of a football field because they didn't have a building big enough to house the people that were coming. Is that amazing? Those grandstands were filled with people. There were four or 5,000 people there. So again, I did a session on what does it mean to be born again? And I gave an altar call, and people came pouring out of those grandstands. I'm not exaggerating. In about 25 minutes, 1,160-some people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I mean, a, a thousand, over a thousand people, the Holy Ghost just swept through and they received the Holy Ghost. People walked out waving crutches. People walked out waving crutches. I don't know about you, but this is the only Jesus I'm going to preach. This is the only gospel I'm going to preach. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. People change, but God does not change. And if he'll do it for me there, he'll do it for us here. God is giving America revival. There's an, a, there is a revival in this country. There is a powerful move of God in this country. And I believe with all of my heart since I have come here, God has ordained that you people will be a channel through which he can flow to this entire region. So I'm telling you, you need to come out of your corner. You ought to shake yourself. You ought to absolutely clap and shout and dance. You ought to become bold. You ought to teach Bible studies. You need to get to preaching the gospel to everybody you meet because this gospel is the only gospel that will save and rescue a sinner. Clap your hands, all ye people. <laughs> clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph.
Jesus, I worship you. I've told all of that to make this statement. Young person, adult, if God anywhere in your life since you've received the Holy Ghost has given you a dream or a vision of you being used by God, don't let go of that dream. Don't let go of that vision. It took 30 years for that to come to pass. But if God has spoken to you that way, it will happen. It's only a matter of time. It will happen in his time. If I'm talking to anybody here, you ought to be on your feet clapping and rejoicing because you have heard God, his word, and his will. God, I have, God has allowed me to see incredible things. I, I'm like this. I was born in the fire. I can't sit in the smoke. I've got to have a move of God. Every time we come to church, there's got to be a move of God. We need a move of God in this hour like we've never had before. And we don't apologize for anything. We were lost. We are now saved. We're on our way to heaven. That's shouting material. That's clapping material. That's dancing material. That's rejoicing material. Because people, it is... God, in the name of Jesus. If you're excited about what you've got a hold of in God, just rejoice one more time and worship it. Oh, Jesus, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. I am a believer. Brother T.W. Barnes told me as a young preacher when I first started out, he said, boy, if signs and wonders are not following your preaching, you're not preaching the gospel. Try living with that. I got a hold of God. I fasted and prayed and got a hold of God. <laughs> Fasting does not convince God that he should heal. Fasting does not convince God he should save. Fasting Weakens the devil. That's why Jesus said when the disciples came back and they said, but master, we could not cast those devils out. Jesus said, this kind cometh not forth, but by prayer and fasting. People who fast, the devil keeps his distance because fasting weakens the devil. I've never known any man of God that fasted that devils would just run from them. They fear it. The devil fears you. He is afraid of you. The devil doesn't have me on the run. I have him on the run. I have him on the run. He knows who we are. But we know who he is. And we're going up and he's going down. It's only a matter of time. And that is clapping material. 
Through the years, through the years as a believer, I've seen some incredible things. I did a conference in um, Memphis, Tennessee for a number of years. It was a big singles conference, and uh, Terry Black was pastoring there at the time. And at one year, there were about 1,500 people in that particular conference. We just had a tremendous move of God. Well, faith was so high, at the end of the service, some of those, a lot of, a lot of us went out to eat, as we normally do. But the Cracker Barrel was one of the things that was still open about that time of night. So several of our people went to Cracker Barrel, and uh, they were eating there at about 10.30s, whatever. And um, a waitress came over to take the order from this table of ladies that were seated there from the meeting. And the, one of the ladies looked at the waitress and said, um, you, you look sad. And the waitress started crying. And they said, what's wrong? And she told them, she said, we've got something to help you. They stood to their feet and prayed her through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, standing at their table in the middle of a cracker barrel that was filled with people. She got the Holy Ghost standing right at their table. The manager of the Cracker Barrel came running and said, what is this? They said, we'll show you. And they got a hold of her and prayed her through to the Holy Ghost. Eleven people in that Cracker Barrel that night got the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues. Because that's how it should be. That's how it should be. That's who we are. That's who we are. And this is what God wants us to get involved with. It shouldn't be just confined behind these four walls. It should get out there. It should go with you to the workplace. It should go with you to the restaurant. It should go with you to the school. Because these signs shall follow the belief. We are believers. Say, I am a believer. Oh. Mm. I feel like just shouting and jumping, but I wouldn't have the energy to finish this, so you're going to have to do my jumping for me, okay? I've been really sick. I wasn't sure I'd even be able to come here. I've dragged through all of this, but I made up my mind it was going to come no matter what. And we're here, and God has moved, and I'm doing better, so thank God. But right now, just do a little shouting for me, will you? Because I feel the presence of God, the power of God in this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've seen glorious things through the years. Signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. Signs should be following us as believers in Jesus' name. I was in Brother um, Kershaw's church years ago in Dallas, Texas, and we had quite a move of God. But one service was on a Sunday morning. There was a woman who had walked in with a young girl, and I assumed it was her daughter. And they sat back here about halfway back on this side. And uh, we had service. I preached. We had an altar service. But they never moved. That woman and that girl never moved. So at the end of the altar service, 
I felt to go to them. And a lot of pe- some people had left already by this time. So I walked back there and leaned over the pew in front of them. And I said, are you all right? And the woman looked. She said, I'm all right. She said, but I'm afraid. I said, don't, don't be afraid. It, it's okay. I said, why are you afraid? She said, she said, Reverend, my daughter was born with one leg shorter than the other. While you were preaching, I looked down and she said that short leg began to grow and it grew to exactly the same length as the other and stopped. That's what happens in the presence of God. When I tell you, because Jesus is here, anything can happen. It can. Every miracle begins with an impossibility. When the doctors say, no, I give you six months to get your house in order, there's another voice that says, try me, try me. His name is Jesus. When the doctors no longer can help you, there's a God who can step on the scene and defy the prognosis and the diagnosis. Amazing. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Was it because of the time when year? Because of the times. Brother Shepherd was there, one of our preachers. I was just on the platform, and I was walking along the upper level of the platform. There was a couple of steps below that, and there was a preacher there, and I walked by him. I got about 10 steps beyond this preacher. His name is Brother Shepherd. And he yelled. He said, Brother Stone King, come back. And I walked back. I said, what is it? He said, Brother Stone King, I had this leg was shorter than the other. When you walked by me, he said, this leg grew as long as the other. He had to learn to walk all over again because he had learned to favor the shortness in that leg. He had to learn to walk all over again. People, this is where God wants us to get to, but you have to be open to it. When you come through the doors, come through here expecting, come through here reaching out to God, worshiping him. Leave everything in the world outside. Leave it behind you, but come in here and open your heart and soul to the things of God, the miraculous movings of the Spirit of God. was in Houston, Texas, preaching for Brother Kilgore one morning. I was on the platform on Sunday morning, and right beside him, and there was a woman. There was about 1,200 people there at least that morning for that service. There was a woman about two rows back on this side of the aisle, center aisle. And Brother Kilgore leaned over to me and said, Brother Stone, can you see that woman there? I said, yes. He said, she has a brain tumor. He said, she's headed for surgery tomorrow. It's going to be very serious. The Holy Ghost, after he finished, and they, they continued to worship, I just looked at her, and the Holy Ghost said, go lay hands on her and pray for her. I, so I just got up and walked down that set of steps there and walked back to her and 
leaned over that front pew and just put my hands on her and prayed in Jesus' name. Everyone say, in Jesus' name. She wept. And the power of God came on me and her and others around her. So I pulled away, went back, and sat down beside Brother Kilgore. He leaned over. And Brother Kilgore was like a silver-haired Jesus to me. He was just one of the most incredible men of God I've ever met. He, he looked at me, and he said, with tears in his eyes, he said, she was healed, wasn't she? I said, yes, yes, she was. The next day, she went for the surgery. When they did the x-ray before they opened the skull, they could not find the brain tumor in the head. They could not find They spent all day looking for that tumor and could not find it because there is a God in heaven that can do anything, everything, all things. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. T.D. Barnes told me that in Texas, one of our Texas camp meetings, just maybe eight or ten years ago now it's been, they brought a girl to him on the platform. Uh, she was actually an adult at this time, but as a child, she had had polio, and the polio had settled in, one, in her leg. And so as an adult woman, she didn't have flesh on this leg, this whole leg. It was just like the skin wrapped around the bone. Now, there are hundreds of people in the audience, okay? They brought this woman up to Brother Barnes and asked him to pray for her. And he told me later, he said, he said, boy, it's the greatest miracle I've ever seen in my ministry. He said, I laid hands on her and prayed for her, opened my eyes and happened to look down, and he said, flesh was beginning to come out on that bone. Flesh was beginning to grow on the leg. He said it took 15 minutes for all the flesh to grow back on that leg, and the leg grew back exactly the same size as the other. You don't understand. He made a body out of clay. He can fix it so easily. One of the greatest things that happened in my ministry changed me. It, it was an event that changed my approach to God. It changed my whole concept of how God heals, and it changed my awareness concept of God. It changed my whole ministry. And of all the things I've preached and all the things I've said thus far, I want you to understand this and get this for yourselves in this church above everything else I've told you. <clears throat> I won in a tent revival a Roman Catholic lady. Her name was Nell Sawinski. Uh, I, it was just amazing. I won her and her two daughters. She was a devout Catholic. Catholics make wonderful apostolics. Because they fear the priesthood, 
They come to church on time. They take care of the property. She was a tremendous saint of God. But in this tent revival, it was we were home missionaries, as I've said before, and the tent was dilapidated. It's all we had. And there were big rips in the tent. Well, over here, we had this little altar and sawdust we got from the lumber yard for, you know, to kneel in if they wanted to, whatever, at the altar call. But there was a, a big rip in the tent over here. And Nell was over here praying near this tent. I had prayed for her before to get the Holy Ghost in the altar service, but she didn't get the Holy Ghost. So uh, I prayed for other people. And then she worked over here to the side of this uh, this tent, and this big rip in the tent was. And um, I prayed for other people and looked around, and I didn't see her. So I walked over there. <laughs> the Holy Ghost had fallen on her. And she fell through that rip in the tent, and she was outside lying in the grass speaking with tongues. So I, I climbed through the rip outside where she was and helped her to her feet. She sang in tongues for three days. Couldn't stop it. It was absolutely amazing. Just amazing. <clears throat> I told you that so you have some concept of who she was. So after that, and a year or so after that, I was pastoring her. She called me one day. She said, Brother Stone King, I have a Roman Catholic friend. She's been a dear friend. She's in the hospital. She's dying with cancer. Would you go pray for her? I said, of course I will. So I went to the hospital. And this woman was in a private room. I walked in. And here she was an older lady. And um, it, it was just, it, was, it had a terrible effect on me because her hands, her arms, her throat, her collarbone here, it looked like um, just, it was an angry red, purple, blue color. Just, just, the skin just looked awful. And it, it really moved me. So I, in my way of doing things, I walked over to the bedside I got down on my knees beside her and took her hand. I said, I said, I said, Mother, what happened to you? She called me Dear Reverend. She said, Dear Reverend, she said, they gave me a cobalt treatment for cancer. She said, they took me into this room. And she said, um, they put me on a slanted table. And she said, then they slant the table. She said, there's a button on the wall. And she said, uh, because the room is enclosed, no one can come in. But they, they push this button. She said, but you don't feel anything. She said, but when they push that button, the rays, those cobalt rays, come through the air. And she said, they go through your body, and they're supposed to burn out the cancer cells. She said, but they got my body slanted wrong, and the rays did not go through the body. They lodged in my body, and they cooked my flesh. Just something. I prayed for her, and God mightily touched her. It was amazing. But the thing I learned from it is, she said, they push that button, but you don't feel anything. And so I understood something. When you walk through those doors and come into this sanctuary, you have just walked into the most powerful 
radiation room on planet Earth. The rays of the Holy Ghost can shine right through your clothing and burn out cancer cells, dissolve tumors, kill diseases, and you don't have to feel anything. There's revelation here. There's understanding here. Tap your hands. Receive it. Never forget it. That power is in this sanctuary. That ministry is here. Ah. You don't have to. You don't have to have me lay hands on you. I don't have to touch you. I don't have to anoint you with oil. We don't have to have a prayer line because the rays of the Holy Ghost can just shine right through your body. Dissolve. Take away. That's it, Jared. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Otaka shatata varaka. Handata la varaka shataya. Hondata la varaka shataya varaka. Hato karisha la varaka shataya. Otaka, clap your hands again. Revelation, understanding in this place. Revelation, understanding in this house.